Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi listeners, welcome to the Rice series by Melting Pot in collaboration with India's largest urban network of public-private partnership schools, Akanksha. With 30 years of serving over 9,800 students from low-income communities, Akanksha now runs 21 government schools in Pune and in Mumbai. With a focus on quality education and holistic development, Akanksha is not only expanding its school network, but it is also reaching out widely and influencing changes in the educational space. We at Melting Pot are privileged to share Kangsha's impact on various levels of the education ecosystem through our RISE series. And we're happy to share with you some such resilient, independent, strong and educated women from Akanksha. I'd like to thank the founder Shaheen Mistri and the leadership team of Akanksha to come on board for RISE, presenting Season 6 of Melting Pot. Hi, today I'm in conversation with Sri Vidya Prakash. She is a board member at the Akanksha Foundation, and she's talking to me from the Bay Area in the US. Hi, Vidya. Should I call you Sri Vidya or just Vidya? Just Vidya, and wonderful to be here. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Likewise. So I think we need to go back a bit before we actually do a deep dive into your work with Akanksha and whatever else you, you're doing. Uh, just a little background to you and your personal life and when you came to the US and what brought you to the US. Sure. Very regular, normal routine background. I grew up in Bombay, born in Pune. My mother was a high school teacher, math and science. My father's an engineer. I have an older brother and a younger sister. Just we grew up in Bombay, very, very regular in the heart of Dadar and went to an all-girls school, good education, went on to do my undergrad in um, commerce Thereafter, business studies at the Indian Institute of Management, Ahmedabad, joined McKinsey, a management consulting firm. So very much the routine, regular path that you could imagine. I worked with McKinsey in India for the first four years and thereafter came to the U.S. It was supposed to be for a short stint for about a year and for a variety of reasons, ended up staying back for 21 years. Done a lot of stuff in my professional life, McKinsey, for about 10 years half of which was spent working with companies on topics of strategy or talent and other such uh, market entry. But the second half of my time in McKinsey was what I remember very fondly. I worked with the global public health practice. It was at the beginning of our foray into the social sector. And that for me was probably the single most transforming professional experience I've had. So global public health was 
uh, definitely the highlight of my professional time there. Subsequently went on to work in the renewable energy sector till I found my way back to public health with uh, Antara. Family, a husband, two dogs and a son and a daughter. My dogs are my pride and joy. I went from being a person who was absolutely terrified of dogs to somebody who adores like them. Me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I frankly... Yeah, I haven't been able to make the transition though. <laughs> so, I yeah. must confess, I prefer company of the canine variety to the human <laughs> variety very often. So that's that's definitely uh, one of the highlights of the last few years for us. But we are settled now in the San Francisco Bay Area. And that's that's probably my background in a nutshell. Okay, interesting. So how did the Antara International sort of, how did it come about? How were you... Because you, after having spent so many years in the corporate world, why did you decide? Because you founded it, correct? I lead the work of Antara International in the U.S., but oh, Antara Foundation okay. is actually an Indian nonprofit that is based out of Delhi. And the Antara Foundation India does work in the space of maternal and child health, primarily focused on the state of Madhya Pradesh. Antara Foundation was founded by Ashok Alexander, who formerly was leading the work of the Gates Foundation India uh, in the area of HIV AIDS and prevention of HIV AIDS. Antara International is the U.S. partner that uh, raises the profile, raises awareness of maternal and child mortality and raises funds to support the work of the Antara Foundation. Okay, so um, how I found my way to it? No, I can understand the sort of the transition now because when you mentioned that with McKinsey, uh, the last few years were in public health, that sort of adds up. That absolutely. And that's that's basically it, because the time I did with McKinsey in global public health, as I said, was transforming. I knew I would always come back to work in that sector. And by work, I don't mean necessarily professionally, but volunteer, give my time, give my resources in whatever form or shape. And within that space, the topic of women has always been very near and dear to my heart. Uh, Women's health, women's education, empowerment, safety. Uh, It's a broad theme of topics under the umbrella of women. And so when the opportunity to help Antara and the U.S. came up and they said, we'd like to come and help shape the organization, I said, definitely, this is a great way to kind of link so many themes, whether it is maternal and child health, giving back women, a link to India. It just made a lot of sense. Okay, so how long have you been doing this for now? With Antara for about seven months now. It's just been seven months. Okay, so then how did you become a part of the Akanksha Foundation? That goes back a while. When I was working in India, and I'm going back to the late 90s, at McKinsey, I shared an office space with a colleague, Ramesh, Ramesh Srinivasan. And uh, Ramesh was a few years my senior from business school. I worked with him on a couple of projects. Very dear friend, wonderful person. And Ramesh would disappear many an evening to go volunteer with this place called Akanksha. And he would speak very fondly and very highly of this person, Shaheen. So I always knew of Akanksha and their work, working children coming from either children living on the street, empowering them, education, after school services. I knew of Akanksha for, for quite a while. So that was kind of a long time ago, 20, 20 years ago. More recently, though, I was just at that point in life where I 
wanted to figure out a way to give um, our time, give share our good fortune with organizations that resonated deeply. Reached out to Ramesh to learn more about what Akanksha was up to. As I mentioned, I was born in Pune, grew up in Bombay, and Akanksha's work in Pune and Bombay therefore made complete sense. I could visit the schools and just get to know their work very intimately. Their philosophy really made complete sense to me. Several people that I knew, friends and people whose, whose advice or whose opinions I respected were involved with Akanksha. It just made sense, therefore, to get involved. Okay, so what is your role as a board member of Akanksha? As a board member of Akanksha, or I would guess for any nonprofit, you're basically doing a couple of things. Uh, there's definitely a governance role, making sure the organization stays true to its charter and its mandate. It is staying the course on its overall vision, mission, goals, objectives. So there's a governance mandate where you are basically being entrusted by whether it's donors or the partner or the original founding members to stay the course. There is definitely a fiduciary and compliance responsibility to make sure that you're doing everything in the most accountable and transparent way. Third, you're looking at helping set and guide strategy, uh, whether it is strategy revolving the objectives around education, advocacy around education, strategy around fundraising, strategy around supporting uh, alumni of Akanksha in the US. Uh, so setting that strategy, guiding that strategy, helping execute it, be the third function. So I, I basically look, as, I look at us as custodians of the Akanksha name, the Akanksha vision in the US. Right. And so at the moment, how many alumni are there in the US who are studying in the US or working? I would not have the exact number, but I want to say it's somewhere between 8 to 15. But that is a number that I am not completely sure of. Okay. 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 So you, you also, I guess, help in obtaining, I mean, obviously they have to take their natural course of the exams and whatever is, is required of applications, but do you also direct or, or guide the students when they're here or that doesn't come under your sort of, I won't say job description, but as a board member, that's not something that you get involved in. As a board member, what happens to Akanksha alumni in the US? For example, if you have a couple of students studying here last year during COVID, whether it was making sure that they were safe, comfortable, if they didn't have access to going back home, were they healthy? Were they, if they needed to speak with somebody? Definitely, they were able to reach out to the Akanksha team in the US to have those regular check-ins. We definitely look at opportunities to mentor our alumni who are in the US, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. creating opportunities, linking them up with resources, just being available as a friendly year to uh, listen to any issues they might be having. It is a long path from the time you step into an Akanksha school in India to graduating from that school, completing your higher studies, and then eventually looking to get employed in India or elsewhere. And that journey, we definitely see ourselves as being part of that journey, whether in an official capacity or unofficial capacity, but yes. So what, in your mind, what does the Akanksha Foundation really stand for? I mean, you have mentioned it briefly during this conversation, but if you could sort of go into a little more detail on that, on how you think the Akanksha Foundation is actually bringing about 
a change, especially within, I mean, it is education. It's all about education. What kind of a change, because you've indirectly been associated with Akanksha for a very long time, as you mentioned earlier. So what do you think Akanksha really stands for in terms of making a difference? You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pyle, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. When I speak of Akanksha, because I use the word Akanksha to describe the work that we're doing in India more broadly, because I see Akanksha you as playing a supporting role to realize the work that we're doing in India. So I'm speaking now of Akanksha's work in India. Yeah. I essentially see them as being about excellence in education. And I use that word to mean they make sure that every child who is an Akanksha student has full access to the opportunities that are available through an excellent education. And I don't use the word education, at least in the Akanksha context, purely to mean what you're doing in the classroom, but a lot more because Akanksha provides, frankly, a very holistic environment in which that child can thrive. So, of course, the schools are excellent. And I always encourage everyone I meet to visit an Akanksha school. It is a fabulous experience. It is bright. It is exciting. The children are curious and engaged. There is laughter, there is sport, there is art, there is interesting curriculum. So, of course, a visit to an Akanksha school is a very uplifting experience. But in addition to that, I have sat in on meetings with communities of parents, of students at Akanksha. They are involved in improving the environment at school, whether it is helping with a midday meal program or talking through certain issues at home. I do remember a conversation with an Akanksha parent where she talked about how her daughter wanted to uh, push out when she was going to get married because she had this opportunity to get educated. I want to say as an architect, she wanted to pursue higher studies and she felt confident, empowered to have that conversation with Groom's family and they made it happen. That is not necessarily just the product of a formal education that happens within the four walls of a school, but a broader philosophy. So that is one thing I see Akanksha helping. The second thing, Akanksha has a system of having community workers or social workers who are assigned to the community and they know every family in that network intimately. So there are issues at home that need to be addressed. They are there to help with that because we all know that what happens at home ends up spilling over into school or college or work. And so what they call the socio-emotional health of the child is something that they look into even beyond the four walls of school. Other, the ways they design the curriculum, the emphasis on art and play, looking at opportunities for alumni after they graduate, creating creating an environment where the potential of what's out there is apparent to the students. That's really important because so much of what we want to do is often influenced by the role models we get to see. Right. And uh, if I never see a role model of something that I can be different from what I see in my own community, then that uh, it's almost invisible to me. So Akanksha makes sure those opportunities are visible to their students. And so it is this very holistic, in-depth scaffolding of a child that I think Akanksha does very well. And I therefore look at it more as an ecosystem of things that they do well, not necessarily one thing. I'm always reminded of the saying that I'd once come across a long time ago, developed country 
is uh, not one where the poor can drive a car, but where the rich use public transport. Yeah. And that, that saying really stuck with me because it, it's so true. I mean, if you can make public education, a municipal school, such a high quality that any of us could send our kids there and they would avail of opportunities, then you're basically truly creating an equal playing ground, right? Instead of having a system where you have private schools and then the Uber private schools. And so it, Akanksha really creates that level playing field of opportunity for all students who graduate through them. So, yeah. So then it's not just like you mentioned, it's not just within what happens. It's not just books. It's beyond. And it is beyond books. And true education has to yeah, be beyond books. Yeah, absolutely. And also because that, you know, is not necessarily true for most of the government. I don't know how things are changing in India with the other government schools, but the schools that Akanksha have adopted where the Akanksha curriculum is in place and where the different communities are being supported through this sort of through this whole method of education, I think is what is making the difference. So yeah, so no, that's, that's very uplifting. And it's very encouraging to see and how despite I'm sure there must have been a lot of con constraints to start with. But despite all the constraints, you know, Akanksha has been able to move forward and face the challenges and has created this ecosystem. I think that's quite phenomenal. And I think each and every one of you who is involved, whether it's remote or whether it's on ground, I think has contributed and is continuing to contribute and support and help grow this ecosystem. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really very, very impressed also with all the students that I've talked to. Each and every one of them has a story to tell. And Absolutely. And inspiring stories. So, and how they've made a life for themselves. And what also came through was, at least with all the students that I've talked to, that and you mentioned earlier how the families are also involved, right? Is that every single one of them said how the parents were keen and did not differentiate between them. And I've only talked to girls, so they haven't differentiated between their, their sons versus daughters, you know, and equal education is what they have encouraged, you know, despite not being educated themselves. So I think that's something which also got highlighted to me when I spoke to all these different students. So yeah, no, I mean, all power to, to Akanksha, the foundation, to the board members, to the leadership team, and of course, to all the students who've kind of, who are absorbing this, you know, and making a life for themselves. So yeah, no, it's very, very encouraging. Absolutely. So any, any last few words before we end the conversation? Anything that you would like for people to, in the US, since, you know, that's where you are, uh, to get involved with Akanksha in any way, if there's something you'd like to, to sort of add, add on, that would be great. Well, not necessarily Akanksha, but I think more broadly in the spirit of doing something with one's time, one's resources, one's talents. My main 
message here would be to just start and in whatever form or shape one can be involved with an organization with a group of people or with a cause that resonates i think that's it's 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 a matter of i always think of it as being connected with something that's bigger than you and that then has a multiplier effect on the environment around you and akanksha is wonderful it's, as i said it's a great opportunity when i go back home to bombay and pune to be connected in a very real tangible way but you know what i'm based here in the san francisco bay area and there are other opportunities as well to volunteer and participate in one's community whether it's at the local food bank or with an organization or with a volunteering opportunity and i think that is just the broader theme for me looking for things that really speak to you and uh, your value system akanksha is doing wonderful work we continue looking for supporters who will uh, believe in the cause and amplify its message the students are definitely looking to be ambassadors of the organization both in india but also overseas looking at good opportunities for them being around to be the right kind of mentors and role models for them i think it would be wonderful for more people to reach out and be involved in this cause absolutely i'm sure there are lots and lots of people out there who who are listening to you and who sort of are encouraged by this so thank you so much vidya i really enjoyed this conversation and good luck with everything that you've embarked on and i look forward to speaking with you again soon absolutely thanks pyle thank you for this opportunity and thank you for everything that you're doing for akanksha and with the akanksha team thank you thank you so much For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.